Welcome to the Swifterhood Podcast, a podcast all about Taylor Swift and her lyrical genius. Whether you've known since her debut album that she's had a place in this world, or her folklore has become your evermore recently, we are here to faithfully and wholeheartedly deconstruct each song lyric by lyric. Hello, Morgan. Hey, Erin. How's it going? I'm pretty good. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. I'm pretty excited to talk about Love Story. And you, you all, all over, over me. me. <laughs> I just knew you were going to say it. So. <laughs> Jumped in. Uh, LOL. Yeah. The brand new song that just came out. Like yesterday at midnight. Was it really just yesterday? It was just yesterday. I've listened to it so many times. Oh, already. no. It was two days ago at midnight, but still. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I've listened to it so many times that I feel like it's been out for like a week, but that's just, you know. I think I alone helped her reach number one. <laughs> the amount of times I listened yeah, to it. Yeah. I saw your Spotify wrapped for last year. I was like, wow, Morgan. Mine was high up there, but yours was record breaking. Yeah, I know. You, it's an accomplishment. You should be proud. Thanks. So yeah, we have brand new material because we've never talked about this song before since it just came out. And we're going to talk about those two songs on today's episode. But first, we wanted to start with our fearless feature, which if you didn't listen to our intro episode, is basically where we just talk about some type of important world problem or issue or whatever Morgan and I think is relevant to to what's going on in the world today. It's kind of our, our social justice, justice impact. And um, we try to tie it to the songs. Right, right. Sometimes it might be a little loosely tied. <laughs> but bear with us because we still want to make these plugs and um, we're not going to not make a plug just because we couldn't find a, a connection. Exactly. So for today, I wanted to talk about the idea of false romance, which I tried looking up and I don't know that that's a real term. Um, so I maybe made that up. But it's basically the idea that media influences your perception of love, which I think is something that we definitely see in Taylor's early years, particularly with Love Story. Oh, for sure. Um, I mean, if there was a romantic comedy, like epitome of a romantic comedy, her song Love Story would be that romantic comedy. <laughs> That's so true. I never really thought about it like that. <laughs> yeah. This whole Romeo and Juliet, Once Upon a Time, True Love, Prince Charming, all of that. Ending with, with marriage, ending with the dad's approval. Ending with the proposal, right? Yes. So true. So I think that that can be pretty harmful to young girls who are growing up and thinking, I'm going to have this perfect person who's going to come into my life and save me. And it, it can be harmful to young boys, too. You know, I think that there's a lot of, um, you know, people think immediately because girls um, stereotypically like romantic comedies uh, better than young boys do. I think young boys can have this false idea of romance as well. Right. Good catch. We can just be opening it up to any gender. Young people in general. Right. You are growing up and having this idea that you're going to find this perfect love. Um, and that's something that we see Taylor's perspective changing on, which we can talk about later. But um, for the fearless feature today, we just wanted to pick something that we hoped would help young people get better information and better resources to learn about the world and what's going on. So the, the website that we picked was Amy Poehler's Smart Girls, which is amysmartgirls.com. And if any of you guys have um, been lucky enough to view Parks and Rec with 
starring Amy Poehler. And if you haven't, classic, you have to check it out. This site kind of is an extension of the Parks and Rec universe uh, because in Parks and Rec, her character is this very strong, big-hearted woman who just wants to change her community for the better. And so that's what this website um, essentially does is it highlights certain people that are making big moves in their community that we may not get a chance to hear in other news stories. Right. And it's encouraging civic engagement and learning about global things. And it has a little bit of humor in it, too. So that's fun. There was actually an article on the website that I saw that made me think of Love Story because it's called Falling in Love, an intro, and it's written by um, Brittany Packnett. And she actually has multiple chapters. There's several articles written. But in this one, she talks about her life experience and her idea of love. And at one point, she says, I choose to love myself so radically. I chose to love myself so radically that I was forced to remember that I am worth more than whatever I might lose. Um, And she goes on to talk about radical self-love, particularly for her experience as a black woman and learning to love herself. And I thought that that was a really good article to feature because it's talking about a love story in a different way. Right. And I think that we all know um, Taylor has had these realizations over her growth as a songwriter, um, that it's no longer just about fairy tales, but it's about loving yourself as well. Right. So Amy Poehler's Smart Girls, amysmartgirls.com. Check it out. Um, Great place to learn about what's going on. And then if you would like to give a donation to an organization, the group that we have picked is a national nonprofit called Stomp Out Bullying. So you can go to stompoutbullying.com or .org, excuse me. And it, it's, um, it's just standing up against hate, racism, and discrimination and by changing the culture that we live in. And it hopefully provides an outlet for people, um, specifically teenagers that are faced with bullying right now and uh, don't really know where to turn. And this organization is, is moving to educate people on bullying and hopefully make our culture stronger in the process. They also have a Um, ways to get help on the website. So if there's young people listening and you're having any type of bullying going on in your life, cyberbullying, digital abuse, homophobia, any type of discrimination, you can reach out to Stomp Out Bullying. And they're they're a great organization. So if you all want to donate to them, we're actually going to link the link to the website as well as the website for Amy Smart Girls so that you can check out both of those. So that was our fearless feature. That's a wrap on it. And now Moving on time. into We're love story. We're going to talk about love story. Yay. I mean, a good transition out of what we just talked about, I think, is talking about the album cover of the new of the re-release. And what about it? <laughs> <laughs> Where are you going with this, Aaron? Okay. So sorry, I let it up and then just kind of let it drop. But basically, um, if you remember the original music video from Love Story, yep. and um, for the rest of you out there listening, we hope you've seen it. If you haven't, pause and go watch it. I can't it's Im- really good. I can't imagine who would be listening to this who hasn't seen it unless you're just our friends and you're being nice and listening to our podcast. Hey, guys. <laughs> hey, shout out. 
But um, in the original music video, Romeo is wearing that white ruffle shirt. And yeah. have you noticed the shirt she's wearing on the new cover? Oh my gosh, you're so right. Yeah, so she is like, I am my own Romeo and I don't need someone to save me. And she's also looking in the other direction. What do you What do you think that means? I mean, I just think that, well, so first of all, I I think that her original album she was she was looking to the right which almost seems backwards and now she's looking to the left which I think signifies moving forward and that she has a different perspective for sure for sure so this is exciting because oh my gosh I'm so excited going through the re-records it's like you're you're older you're wiser you have a different perspective and it's amazing how you can listen to this music and connect with it one way at a certain time and then come back and reconnect with it in a totally different time period. You're so right. And I think it's really cool that she chose to start with this song. We got the first little tidbit of it when Ryan Reynolds was doing that Match.com commercial. And we got to hear... hear part of the new... the re-record. Yeah, Swifties got set the internet on fire that day because we heard love story in the background of a commercial and just lost our minds and it was a good commercial it it was amazing commercial it was so funny that was was, it was um 2020 dating the devil yep pretty much perfect match it's really cute what a little love story um uh, so that is how we found out about it and morgan and i were originally gonna go through folklore and evermore first which if you listen to the intro you might have heard us say and then when we found this out we were like okay we we gotta go right into it yeah i think we can start um now we can do it with the way that taylor's chose to release it and i think it's um really cool that she decided to start with love story because that obviously meant that she was going to re-record fearless first right and it's it's symbolic of her love story with her fans because it was the first like huge hit um the first huge international hit so i wanted to read her if i can get this visible on my phone screen i wanted to read what she said about it when she announced that she was doing the re-release which by the way was february 11th So February 11th of this year, our worlds were shook. She says, when I think back on the Fearless album and all that you turned it into, a completely involuntary smile creeps across my face. This was the musical era in which so many inside jokes were created between us. So many hugs exchanged and hands touched. So many unbreakable bonds formed. So before I say anything else, let me just say that it was a real honor to get to be a teenager alongside you. And for those of you I've come to know more recently than 2008, I am ecstatic that I'll get to experience a little bit of that feeling with you in the very near future. Now that I can fully experience it in its whimsical, effervescent, chaotic entirety. Fearless was an album full of magic and curiosity, the bliss and devastation of youth. It was the diary of the adventures and explorations of a teenage girl who was learning tiny lessons with every new crack in the facade of the fairy tale ending she'd been shown in the movies. Like we just talked about. I'm thrilled to tell you that my new version of Fearless is done and will be with you soon. It's called Fearless Taylor's Version and includes 26 songs. I've spoken 
a lot about why I'm remaking my first six albums, but the way I've chosen to do this will hopefully help illuminate where I'm coming from. Artists should own their own work for so many reasons, but the most screamingly obvious one is that the artist is the true is the only one who really knows that body of work. For example, only I know which songs I wrote and almost made the Fearless album. Songs I absolutely adored but were held back for different reasons. Don't want too many breakup songs, don't want too many down-tempo songs, can't fit that many songs on a physical CD. These reasons seem unnecessary now. I've decided I want you to have the whole story, see the entire vivid picture, and let you into the entire dreamscape that was the Fearless album. That's why I've chosen to include six never-before-released songs on the version of this album written when I was between the ages of 16 and 18. Sounds like 17. These were the ones it killed me to leave behind. This process has been more fulfilling and emotional than I could have imagined and has made me even more determined to re-record all of my music. I hope you'll like this first outing as much as I like traveling back in time to recreate it. Love Story, Taylor's version, will be out tonight. Sincerely and fearlessly, Taylor. That was a big drop. Yeah, so I think that helps sum it up if you're listening to this podcast and you didn't know that. Um, Taylor is re-recording all of her old work so that she can own it. And there's going to be new songs on this album that aren't really new, but um, that we haven't heard before. Although I will say some Swifties has, have heard before. Yeah. <laughs> so let's just jump in. Uh, first question I have for you is how does it compare to her original? Oh, wow. Um, so if you go on YouTube, you can even just do a vocal comparison of side by side between the original. I haven't even done that. Good for you. I can't really tell a difference when they're side by side. I think her voice definitely sounds stronger. For sure. But when they play at the same time, you, you can't tell that. But yeah, she sounds more she sounds more mature. You can tell when you're listening to the old one that it's baby Taylor. It's awesome that it doesn't differ that much. And I think that's her intention is so that we will be listening to Taylor's versions. <laughs> Something that someone... <laughs> what? Sorry, so funny. Something that someone pointed out was... R.I.P. The Hawk. I saw this on TikTok and forgive me because I don't remember who posted it. <laughs> but in the original version, um, I don't know if it was the radio or because I went back and I couldn't find it. But there's like that hawk sound in the background. It's like, <laughs> don't make me do it. <laughs> but isn't, isn't that in the new song? It's not. It's not. No, I mean, isn't aren't we there's a hawk in, in yeah in the in you all over me yeah what does that mean i don't know but you just does that mean something i mean i only knew about a hawk in you all over me i didn't right. know about a hawk in love story right it's the same one but it's not in the new version of love story interesting but it's in the original isn't that weird but it is weird okay anyways we digress <laughs> i thought that was really funny that they said r.i.p to that hawk um that didn't make it into the new version but yeah, it sounds, I mean, the music sounds the same to me. And that was the whole point, right? Is to give us her music back so that we don't feel guilty if we're listening to it and giving money to, we don't even, do we need to talk about that more? No, we don't need to talk. <laughs> we will eventually, but now is not the time. Now is not the time. Let's let's get into it. So um, lyrics, my first question for you is, what is your favorite lyric from Love Story? Oh, hands down, this love is difficult. 
but it's real. Oh, that's a good one. What's your favorite? Um, I think mine is sneaking out. <laughs> no. So I sneak out to the garden to see you. We keep quiet because we're dead if they knew. Because it makes me think of sneaking out late, tapping on your window. Okay. Okay. I, I mean, she does do a lot of throwbacks and a lot of... Uh, um, Lyrical the- parallels? Yeah, there you go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like it for that reason, but I also like the imagery of just being young and just your adolescent, like, sneaking out to go see someone. I think it's a good depiction and it's a good image. Yeah, I... I- couldn't agree more. I I think this love is difficult, but it's real just um, in literally one, two, three, four, five, six, seven words sums up the best love story is that love is difficult, but if you have it, it's real. Yeah. I, maybe I changed my mind. <laughs> Am I that persuasive? Yeah. You have a better pick than me. <laughs> um, no, but okay. So going back through these lyrics... I have to say, she must have just watched the Claire Danes and Leonardo DiCaprio, Romeo and Juliet, when she wrote this song. Because all I can think about when I listen to this song is, you know, she's she's pretty much like drawing up that image of ball gowns and that fish tank scene. I mean, anyone who's a huge Leo uh, fan knows what I'm talking about. Yeah, and... When you go and look at the Lyric Genius explanation, she gave her thoughts on this song and how it was written and like why it was written. And Taylor says she was inspired to write Love Story when she was going through a difficult situation with a boy she liked whom she wasn't officially dating. The song was rumored to be about two singers, the first being Joe Jonas, because it was recorded in March of 2008 just a few months before she started actually dating him. But um, other songs, you know, Forever and Always, Last Kiss, are about him. Um, The other person that it was rumored was the boy, and I didn't know this, Lyric Genius is teaching me things. The Boys Like Girls frontman Martin Johnson. See, I'm going to I'm going to disagree with Lyric Genius right now. Okay. I don't Okay. I don't think that this song was written about anyone. I don't think that um this was even written about her. Like I don't think she's a character in this in this song. I think it's um and I mean the reason I'm basing this is cuz her original liner notes, the hidden message from that song was she said someday I'll find this. Right. And so she she wasn't she was writing this as a fantasy like a fairy tale. Um and it, you know, it was not autobiographical, I don't think. Right. I I mean, but she has said on tour several times before that there was a situation where like her parents didn't approve of a certain boy and that she got mad. So I don't know that it's necessarily like an important relationship for her, but it was sort of just like a fantasy that spiraled out of whatever was happening at that point in time well i mean because that's what this is it is a fantasy isn't it right she rewrote a depressing (laughs) depressing story and had a happy ending she said it was a tragedy and i wanted to rewrite it because why why can't i rewrite it to have a perfect ending love story peaked number one on billboard's hot country songs and five on the hot 100 and the music video she said she wanted it to be timeless i if so Looking at Lyric Genius and all the information they tell you, which is really helpful, I found a video which is called uh, 
Vivo certified part seven love story Taylor commentary. That's a mouthful. It is. Um, but basically, she at the time goes back and explains the idea for the music video, and she talks about how she wanted it to feel like you're. It could be a love story in any time period. And I think that's so true. Um, I think what amazes me about this song is, so first of all, it was the first single that was off of the Fearless album. So it's the first uh, glimpse we got at her new stuff after her debut. And so, like I said in the intro, I wasn't really living in, in a Taylor verse at this time. So, but Taylor I did, <laughs> but I did listen to this song obviously because it was playing everywhere and it was super catchy and I loved it because I love Taylor. Um, but ever since I've refound my love with Taylor in the past couple of years, when this song comes on, I, no matter what I'm doing, where I'm driving, mm-hmm. what state of mind I'm in, the buildup at the bridge. Yes. And then the last chorus brings me to tears. It's and I pure serotonin. It really is. And it's like this happy teary. And every time I'm singing along, I can't even get out. Um, so go pick out a white dress because tears are streaming down my face. And I, you know, go ahead. You can write into us and say how pathetic I am. It's It happens every single time. Oh, my gosh. I love that. I was just thinking about the music video as I was watching that Vivo commentary. And the first time that I saw the music video uh, was at my house with a friend named Hannah. Shout out to Hannah. Um, And she was like, I don't like to admit this because I don't normally like these like fairy tale type things. But this chorus, it's and and so we watched the music video over and over on YouTube. That was when essentially YouTube was basically just music videos before it was like YouTubers. I remember that we just watched that video over and over and danced around in the living room. I mean, how can you not? It's so fun. I still do that. But to break apart the lyrics a bit more, I do think it's interesting. While this song is timeless, like we've said, she still talks about a lot of like needing permission from her dad and doing that stereotypical, the guy go ask her dad if he can marry her. And that's just not the Taylor I see anymore. Yeah. And we have talked about how she says literally, Romeo, save me. Yeah. And that's just not, that's not Taylor anymore. Um, Does that make this a bad song? Not at all. No. I think it's interesting to go back and still love this song, but see how much she's grown. Right. And I think what's really cool about that is that with the new music video, the way that she's connected with the song with her a more adult perspective looking back is to connect it to her relationship with the fans mm-hmm. and how that is our love story. Yeah. And I don't know about you all. I don't, I don't know about you, Morgan, but that music video really got me. Me too. I mean, I'm going to have to, I should probably just say this now because it should be out there. Um, I have never seen Taylor Swift live. So that needs to be said. So sorry. Yes. Uh, so getting to see that music video and see her interaction with the fans just makes me um, have, have FOMO. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's magical experience to be at a show. And maybe as we go through, I'll talk more about like which, which concerts and stuff I was at. But um, you can clearly see when she says, we were both young when I first saw you. She's talking about the fans. Oh, yeah. She's talking to us. And then 
on a balcony in summer air. It shows like the clip of her when she's being like raised up in that thing. I don't know what you call it. Well, it was a prop at, at one of her concerts, right? Right. The whole imagery she perfectly cuts in that video to be retelling that story as the relationship with the fans. And that's just so cool. And that's so Taylor. Mm-hmm. But I think that's the way that she took the adult perspective and laid it on that song so that it wasn't about the thing that we were talking about in the Fearless feature, which is like this idealized or this sense of false romance. And so her more mature perspective is this doesn't have to be a love story that's the perfect uh, fairy tale for this person that's going to come and save you. This can also apply to a different relationship, which is one of my favorite things about Taylor. And her music is her ability to have multiple meanings for one song. Oh, for sure. She she can just go. She takes deep to a new level. The depth in her lyrics um, just always astounds me. And I know people that are new to to the Taylor verse probably think we sound nuts. But, you know, give it a couple couple months and you'll see what we're talking about. <laughs> yeah. The parts where see your see you make your way through the crowd and say hello and she's like touching fan hands and i'm like ouch it just means so much but i do i also i as much as i think she um has has twisted the re-record in a new light i think it's important to also remember that i don't think she has given up on fairy tales i think she's still the hopeless romantic i just think that she has a a bit more of a realistic view about it now. Right. She's a mature romantic. Yeah. And she has lines like, your integrity makes me feel small. Like, right. Th- things that are just like, whoa, which that's, we're not talking about that album right now, but. We will. I did want to pick out or point out that, you know, we get the um, ever-present reference to a dress. She references dresses in so many of her songs. And this is just one while it it is her, the white dress, so it's uh, you know what we're supposed to assume is the wedding dress. It's still another another reference to the epitome of a dress, right? And also the reference to ball gowns. Um, and I think it's really cool because in "You Need to Calm Down," she says, "Don't step on his gown." Yeah, don't step on our gown, and is like more inclusive and in talking about dresses and clothing. Um, So that's cool to see, too, as far as how she's grown. I would just like to say that at the end when she says, and this is going to sound critical, so please don't come for me. But just as an adult perspective, she says, marry me, Juliet. You'll never have to be alone. I love you. That's all I really know. Um, And marry me, Juliet. You'll never have to be alone is a really naive perspective because there are a lot of unmarried people out there. That are not alone. That are not alone and that are living their best lives. And so that, for me, has changed. Do you remember how you related to these lyrics when you first heard them? Because sometimes it's hard for me. Like, I remember where I was and, like, listening to the music video. But sometimes it's hard for me to remember my original thought. Um, So, like I said in the intro, when this album came out, it was 2008. So I was living in New York City and I had graduated college already. And... um. I was still a hopeless romantic. So I think it hit me that, and not that I'm, I, I am still a hopeless romantic as well. But I think it hit me because I was just like, you know what? It's okay that we still feel this way 
And it's really nice that there are people singing about it still. Yeah. Yeah. And I just as an overall note I, on this song, I want to point out that she said she wrote this song in 25 minutes. That's unbelievable. She went in her room. She wrote it in 25 minutes, came out and played it for her parents. And then it became an enormous hit. And that's such a Taylor thing to do. She just has genius in her head and it just spills out. She's a very talented lyricist. And that the video for a love story won the CMT Music Awards for Video of the Year as well as Female Video of the Year. No surprise there. I think to kind of wrap this up, I want to bring up another liner note that she had uh, from the original. And it was, I think she ended a big, one of her big liner notes. And it said, no matter what love throws at you, you have to believe in it. You have to believe in love stories and Prince Charmings and happily ever after. And I think she still feels that way. Yeah, I would say so too. It's just that, like we said, it's a more mature perspective on what you want out of a relationship. Yeah. Right. And it's not just this spark where you see someone from across the room, but it's this strong foundation, um, a relationship that's grown over time and maybe was unexpected, but not in the sense that it was love at the first sight. Right. But I, and I but I do think she she gets that across even in this song because she starts from when she first saw him. And while it wasn't love at first sight, you know, she she has these trials and tribulations where she doesn't know if he's going to show up, doesn't know if this relationship's going to work. Right. That's there's, true. There's so many people that don't want them to be together and yet they still end up together. Yeah. And something she talked about in that Vivo video was how she wanted it to be like they had fallen in love in a previous time, in a past life. And then when they saw each other in, at college, you can tell from the video, you mm. know, it's like flashback. Oh, you're this person that I fell in love with. Oh, yeah, that's interesting. I didn't didn't put those two together either. So she was, was like, I really want this to be transcendent. And I want this to be like a story that could be told in any time period, which we see now with the Fearless re-release, right? It like, is. It, I mean, we see it. I mean, what, 2008 was how many years ago? Math. (laughs) So 2018 would have been 10, so 10, so 13 years ago. Whoa. 13. Is that why? I wonder if that's why she started with Fearless. Good catch there, Morgan. (laughs) Yeah. Sometimes I surprise myself. Should we segue into the next song? We can rate this one. Do you want to rate this one? Yes. Are we going to rate it? out of the album or rate it overall i think we should do it out of the album because to rate it overall would just to rate songs i can't overall, do that yeah. i know morgan so morgan had this project which is insanity where she is rating all of taylor's songs <laughs> as she listens to them and explain your system will you will you tell the fans that we already have well unfortunately i have put it on pause for the time being just because life because life (laughs) but i have gotten um through a lot of the songs and she just keeps you know dropping new ones so that kind of um messes with my uh calculations but i just kind of rate it based on the the lyrics the bridge how meaningful it is to me so it does have a little bit of a subjective point of view and it's listenability so whether it 
can be listened to in all by all people and enjoyed or if it's mostly Swifties that will enjoy it. Okay. Yeah. And you're so brave for taking on this project. I thought of two more things that I wanted to say about Love Story before we move on to rating. Okay. Um, and one of them is that I think this song is iconic for Taylor in the sense that it has that classic Taylor thing where the bridge really builds mm-hmm. and the bridge is like a just wow everything that you ever wanted and then the chorus just lays it out um and that feeling of like energy rising and you know the key change and all that like i think that's classic taylor um and that as she's gotten older that her writing style has she's like you know expanded it and tried a lot of different things and another thing i was going to say is talking about this song being timeless it just went viral on tiktok again oh did it yeah i am I am not of the age of TikTok. <laughs> Morgan, get on Don't TikTok. come at me. <laughs> oh, no, it doesn't really matter. Um, but uh, people were questioning when the song came out. They were, they were saying like, oh, this song, this new Taylor song, people, of course, who aren't Swifties. And then Swifties were responding, actually, this song has been out for a really long time. Wait, you're kidding. Yeah, it was a trend where basically... You come towards the screen and I forget what else happens, but <laughs> you just come towards the screen. <laughs> <laughs> you come towards the screen. You can like skateboard or something. I don't know. <laughs> I don't remember. You make an entrance. Yeah. I'm doing a great job explaining it. But anyways, that was my last thought. Um, And oh, oh, just kidding. We didn't talk about the remix. This one. I think is amazing because it's one that they could play in a bar. Yeah. And that everyone would be able to dance to. It's got the, you know, it keeps the love story like build up and then the chorus that slaps. But it also is like dancey. And I mean, this might be an unpopular opinion, but if the original love story came on in a bar or a club, I would still dance to it the exact same way. Yeah. Yeah. I I think I would for sure, too. I just think it's like more like club remix and i get that some some people want that you know i just am a hardcore originalist it makes me think of how you see these videos online of people hardcore dancing to the new taylor swift stuff in like new zealand where they have zero cases of covid oh yeah or essentially zero because they have a female good for them charge (laughs) exactly good for them so what would you rate this song morgan i would rate it eight out of ten pebbles Eight out of ten pebbles that are thrown at the window. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's a great that's a great pick. I think I would rate Love Story seven seven out of ten um hawks shrieking in the wind. Okay. That didn't make it to the new version. I just think that uh the way that it makes me feel, I have to give it an eight. Yeah, yeah. For me, I think I would have rated it differently at the time. But going back and I don't know, it's like, I still really, really love it. And especially for that connection with Taylor. But it just feels different with the perspective of having someone save you. I don't know, like it just hits differently. Yeah, I get that. Um, But I love it. It's me amazing. Too. All right, you ready to move on to the next song? I can't believe we're going to talk about a song that was literally released 48 hours ago. And that we haven't talked about with each other yet, so our thoughts are brand new. So it's called You All Over Me, 
And I think, first of all, the the title is just amazing because of the double entendre there. Not only is it you all over me because I can't get rid of you, but also you are all over me, meaning you're over me. And I just think that that play on words that she does all the time, this one in particular hit really close when I was listening to listening to it for the first time. Yeah, that's a good point. When I first heard the title and I hadn't heard the song, I was like, oh, are we going to get a sensual Taylor song from the past? <laughs> oh, no. That got cut because... It was too sensual? Yeah. And it was before it was. the reputation era? Exactly. Before dress, <laughs> that, the the one to change them all. Yes. Although treacherous, eh, there have been some other things that have happened. But yeah, this one is from The Vault. So it's one of the extra songs that we get. And um, there is an account on TikTok called Fearless Platinum Edition. And on that account, the girl talks about basically the songs that are from The Vault and that are supposed to be secret have not really been secret. They sort of have been. There's this thing talked about called the inner circle have you heard of it morgan um i haven't please elaborate okay so the inner circle is uh called dark blue tennessee originally it was a website and it was a group of intense taylor fans who somehow had access to unreleased or unrecorded or sometimes both um songs from taylor okay and so was this one of them this was one of them and so a lot of those because they were like bought and traded. It was some type of weird system. I, I don't know. It was my weird. mind is blown right now. The inner circle, whatever's going on in there. Eventually, this one like made its way out. And so Swifties, a lot of Swifties have heard this song before. And everyone was sort of like, oh, quelle surprise. Like we never knew. <laughs> and they've actually heard it before. Okay. Well, I have never heard it before. I hadn't either. Until I think it was 4.30 on Friday morning that I woke up, was laying in bed, oh couldn't fall God. back asleep and was like, oh, I can listen to her you new wake song. Up so early. It's yeah. terrible. <laughs> uh, yeah, I listened to it right when it was released and I was with my husband and we were watching TV and I was like, I didn't do the countdown or anything um, like that. I was just like, pause the TV. I have to listen to this. So you were up at midnight. Yeah. You're you're telling me I <laughs> yeah. was up too early, but you were up until midnight. Yeah, yeah, but 4.30 is insane. That's it an is. insane time to wake up. It is. But not for Taylor. But you shouldn't wake up for her just for that. No. <laughs> Although she's trying to get our schedules all out of whack with these midnight releases. That she, she really is. Doing. I know she's trying to take the whole world into account, but I mean, I just need some Eastern time zone <laughs> releases. It's just <laughs> so late to stay up for these. All right, so let's get into the song then. I thought it'd be good to go through the lyrics more in depth than with Love Story because I feel like with Love Story, people know the lyrics pretty well, even people who necessarily aren't or aren't necessarily Taylor Swift fans. They've just heard it in the grocery store. For sure. Um, I I think that's a great idea. I do want to point out that the first sound we hear in this song is so Aaron Dessner because it's peace. Like those, mm. those do, 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 do. Okay, so pause. If you are listening to this and you haven't heard this song, go listen, pause this podcast and don't forget about it. You got to come back 
But go listen to the song You All Over Me by Taylor Swift and then come back because we obviously can't play the music. So that's the way you're going to best understand this podcast and have the best experience. Right. And so when you press play, you will hear the beginning and it's like that pulse. And it's the exact same pulse that you hear at the beginning of Peace from Folklore. So it's totally has Aaron Dessner written all over it, Mm -hmm. which is really interesting that Aaron Dessner is... um, producing a country song yeah well it's cool because once again it's like this she has this different perspective and she's bringing like this adult more mature person and this into her past world and it's cool how that's going to influence things and and it is and it's and it doesn't lose its country twang or its charm um and it's so cool to listen to Taylor sing country again, but still have it uh, still feel almost adultish, even though she wrote it. What what did we say? 13 years ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Between 16 and 18. Yes. So So it could have been. Yeah. (laughs) But she was very young. Yeah. And to have that kind of perspective when back then is, is just amazes me. Yeah. So my first response listening to this song, like just overall impression before we get into it, was, wow, I can't believe how mature she was at that age. Because I'm used to her as she is now. And listening to like, we just talked about love story and how it feels, you know, a bit naive. And my first thought was, wow, this one is this is not, this is, no. this sounds like something that she could have written fairly recently. Right. And, um, and it, I love the harmonica uh, intro and I, the guitar. It's just, it's, you know, like you said earlier, when you, um, when you first listened to Taylor Swift's album for the first time, you weren't much of a country fan. And I would say I'm not much of a country fan, but this country kind of country music does it for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, she does that classic storytelling country thing that she talked about in the documentary. Right. Um, the Pawn Studio sessions for folklore, which is that, you know, you tell a story in the three the three verses and you come full circle by the end of it. Um, and that's that's classic country and that's classic Taylor and amazing narration. So first lyrics, once the last drain of once <laughs> immediately messed it up. <laughs> Once the last drop of rain has dried off the pavement, shouldn't I find a stain, but I never do. So, you know, obviously she's she's um, contemplating and she's wondering if this pavement is wet and it's soaked and it looks like it's never, you know, that it's going to be a completely different color forever. It dries up and you never know the difference and you never see anything, any lingering effect of that rain. Yeah, it's like, when you're grieving and you think that moment will never pass. Yep. But it does. And we also have to, we also have to draw this um, parallel with the fact that she is talking about rain again. How many times has she referenced rain on fearless? I I don't even know. (laughs) And throughout a lot of, but it's, it's, it's very prevalent in fearless was for sure a theme. Yeah. So that's the first metaphor. This first verse goes basically, Metaphor, metaphor, metaphor. I mean, I don't know if they're technically metaphors. Let me take that back. Imagery. Imagery. I guess. So we've got the rain one, and then the way the tires turn stones on old country roads. County roads. County roads, sorry. 
They leave it muddy underneath reminds me of you. Sort of just exposing. Exposing, but also I think when when you think of an old gravel road and you think about the rain again, so mud, you know, only forms after rain. The rain was there, but it dries on top. But then when you drive your car over it, it flips over stones that are still muddy underneath. And so someone may appear one way and have um, dried up or, you know, been able to present themselves one way. But underneath, there's a lot of crap going on. And it reminds her of the person, whoever this song is about. Yeah. You find graffiti on the walls of old bathroom stalls. You know, you can scratch it right off. It's how it used to be. So, I mean, once again, this is is taking us to a place where going back to what you were before you had something impact you and a a lifeless um, thing, which like a bathroom stall, you can take off the graffiti and it will be like it was before that graffiti was there. But then she goes in and says... But like the dollar in your pocket, it's been spent and traded in. You can't change where it's been. Reminds me of me. So she does that lyrical thing where she does where she does one about the person and then one about her. And that's just um, saying, like, I'm not this thing, like the bathroom stall wall. I'm actually something that I changed over time. And that that instance or that relationship or that person impacted me. And you can't change where I've been. Okay, so I would argue already that this song is more romantic than Love Story. Because to me, I think a true definition of romantic is like nostalgia. Did I say that right? Yeah. (laughs) Okay, immediately felt like I didn't. Nostalgia and like reflecting back on things and this whole idea of like romance and how her idea of romance has changed with newer albums to be like reflection Mm -hmm. and this song shocks me because she wrote it between 16 and 18 (laughs) (laughs) and even at that age she had that ability to reflect back on things and have this like bird's eye view like like the hawk in Uh love story yeah the bird's eye view and look back at relationships and have some type of insight to pass on via music I, I completely agree with you. I love this first first verse. And I, I mean, I might as well just say that I think my favorite lyrics of the song are the the way the tires turn stones on old county roads, leave it muddy underneath reminds me of you. I think that that lyric is just spot on. Yeah. Um, the, the lyric, but like the dollar in your pocket, it's been spent and traded in, reminded me of Tied Together with a Smile from the um, Taylor Swift debut album. Where she says, you left it out like a penny in the rain. Oh, because it's not his price to pay. Yep. Um, and, and he you, leaves you out like a penny in the rain. Sorry, I messed that up. That's okay. We're not listening to it right now. So it's hard to remember all of Taylor's lyrics in your brain. I'll forgive you. But um, <laughs> That's where most of my storage space goes. <laughs> French and Taylor Swift lyrics. <laughs> but I will say, I mean, if you think about it, this she wrote this song closer in time to the debut than she did when she released it like two days ago. So that makes sense that it it has some mirrored imagery and um, metaphors. But it's this idea of money and like trading and spending and like the worth of a person. 
Yeah. That's the metaphor that's reemerging. Yeah. Um, so then we go into the chorus, and if, you know, we hadn't mentioned previously, it's uh, Maren Morris featured as vocals on this song. So here she comes in, in the chorus, I've lived and I've learned, had you got burned, held out and held on, God knows too long. So here's, she always loves those um, cliches, the live and learn. You know, that's a very common saying, you live and you learn. And she loves to tie, bring in those common phrases and make them her own. And so here she is again, I lived and I learned. Um, you know, it's it's poetic. Right. She she does. She takes these phrases that are like common knowledge in, in culture and uses them and twists them, which is another one of my favorite things. Mine too. Um, so God knows too long and wasted time, lost tears, swore that I'd get out of here. But no amount of freedom gets you clean. I've still got you all over me. So I love that she says lost tears. Because how often do you think of the tears that you cry as being lost? You know, like wasted tears, maybe. But I love I love thinking about tears that you wish you didn't spend on someone being lost as opposed to wasted. Yeah, Morgan, this is why I love talking to you about Taylor Swift. <laughs> And hearing your perspective and how you see things because you have such a good way of breaking down lyrics and their meanings and like making it come to life. And when I saw that, my brain is a bit more just instantly wanting an explanation. And I think you have a way of listening to music and letting it settle over time and come to you. And I sometimes am just really impatient. And of course, <laughs> the song has just been out for like two days. But when I heard that, I was like, why did she say lost tears? Like in Champagne Problems, when she says your heart was glass and I dropped it, instead of saying I broke your heart. Yeah. She finds another way of saying something that everyone is used to hearing, but in a way that makes you really reflect on lost tears. I just think it's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. Of course, she can't just say I broke your heart. Never. It would never be that simple. But um. No amount of freedom gets you clean. I've still got you all over me. If you all didn't get the clean reference, then... Sorry. You're <laughs> out. <laughs> Disqualified Swifties. Don't talk to us anymore. And that, you know, and it's great to see, like, you know, it... Because 1989 is, what, the three albums after this? Yeah. And so... Or after the time that she wrote this. Uh-huh. And so it's just nice to see that she, you know, carries over these thoughts that she has. She just, I mean, I read somewhere or heard somewhere where she like just has that book where she just writes down things that she wants to include in a song. Right. So clean must have been something. Yeah. And I think it shows too, like we're sort of filling in the gaps. So only so many songs make it right. But she's had these ideas that have been sitting and that develop and we can sort of see now, I don't know how much more unreleased music we're going to get with other albums right but you sort of see these gaps being filled with how these ideas developed over time and so clean the whole idea of clean is like getting clean after a relationship and like comparing it to um being clean from drugs even yeah um well she says in in the clean version in clean on 1989 you know 10 months sober and so yeah it's, it's a very um it's a very stark uh, analogy to getting rid of something in your life that was toxic. Right. Just because you're clean 
doesn't mean you don't miss it. Right. I do find it interesting that she said, but no amount of freedom gets you clean. Why do you think she chose no amount of freedom? Okay, so something must have happened here because I think that's related to when she says, uh, I lied later on in the chorus, right? In the bridge? Yes, excuse me, in the bridge. So I lied and I cried because I underlined that like, she lied. What did she lie about? So I think that has to do with no amount of freedom gets you clean. Something happened there. And I mean, because what I can think about is, you know, she's she's this young girl, um, that young woman who's out dating. And out, once you're out of this relationship, you have the freedom to do what you want and see other people. I just found it interesting, like, that she uses no amount of freedom here. I, I just, I found it um, compelling to just be like, oh, so this relationship essentially, um, it wasn't like a necessarily a heartbreak to her, like a lot of her relationships. It was more of like almost a breath of fresh air because she gets this freedom, but she still can't can't lose um, this person that she's getting freedom from. Or was from. it toxic? Yeah, that could be it, too. Because she talks about the muddy underneath mm-hmm. of the tires, and that was him, or that was the person. We don't know, technically. Um, And no amount of freedom gets you clean. You're right. It sort of implies that she wanted to break free from this. Yeah. Anyway. I've still got you all over me. I think you already talked about yeah. how that has double meaning. The best and worst day of June Already, that's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> the best and worst day of June was the one that I met you with your hands in your pockets and your don't you wish you had me grin. I love when Taylor d- squeezes all those words into one yeah, it's line. So fun to sing. And you don't you wish you had, had me, me grin. So, <laughs> so fun. So she said, um, and your don't you wish you had me grin. But I did. So I smiled and I melted like a child. Now, every breath of air I breathe reminds me of then. So there we go. Reminds me of then, as, a ver- as opposed to reminds me of me, reminds me of you. Right. It continues with that thing that she does where she changes it a little bit as you go along. So then the chorus goes on again. and But this time swore that I'd get out of here. So I, it does make me feel like it was a toxic relationship. Yeah, it does. It doesn't, it's not sounding good, Morgan. No, the more not. we reflect <laughs> on it, not. it's not sounding like ideal. Um, and then the bridge, I lived and I learned and I found out what it was to turn around and see that we were never really meant to be. And that is where she does the thing where she flips that we've been talking about, where the bridge or the chorus is just flipped a little bit and the lyrics are just changed, but it progresses the story. Yes. And then she... um, It's also the retrospect thinking back on a relationship. So I lied and I cried and I watched a part of myself die. So I lied and I cried. I... You you referenced that earlier. And I do think that there's another, you know, when someone says, I lied, you know, she could very easily be saying that she lied to herself in the relationship um, mm. as opposed to lying to the other person, but she was lying to herself and and in pursuing this relationship and staying in this relationship for longer than she really wanted to. Yeah. 
It could be, yeah. I, that one, I feel like I just still need more time to think on it. Yeah. And I'm, I might, it's one of those things that like you and I have talked about where you can have one meaning of the song and see it a certain way or not fully see it. And then a year or so later, it might be more fleshed out or you might hear a lyric and you'd be like, oh, it all makes sense now. Epiphany. Yeah. Epiphany. <laughs> <laughs> um, I think that's my favorite lyric of the song. And I watched a part of myself die. Why? Because I think when you end a relationship, it's sort of, it's not a part of you dying so much as like that version of yourself. Mm -hmm. The person that you were when you were with that person dies. So you die to yourself a little. Um, And I think that that's a really adequate way to put it. And that is the line that I hear that makes me like want to cry in this song. That's fair. It is. It is heartbreaking to hear her because it's also, you know, it's in the bridge. So it's like that different octave, different key, and it's belted out a little more. And there's so much more emotion behind it that built up. And yeah, it makes me want to, part of myself want to (laughs) die. Yeah, because no amount of freedom gets you clean. I've still got you all over me. And then we go into the outro. So what are your overall thoughts on this song? Ooh, overall thoughts on this song are... You like it? It sounds like a mix of Taylor debut and Fearless. It sounds to me like truly a mix of the two. See, I got a little of Time to Go vibe from um, the, you know, the bonus tracks off of Evermore. Like she's realizing in this song that it's, it's time to go, just like she does in the Time to Go in Evermore. Right. Yeah, it's, it's just as opposed to being the present tense, it's past tense in this song. Right. It makes sense. And it's sort of like, I mean, there's other songs like White Horse where she's like reflecting back. Um, but I think for me, if I'm thinking like, why did this song not end up on the original album? It doesn't feel clearly like a fearless vibe. Okay, that's fair. Because I was going to ask you, would you have rather had this song on the album than any of the other songs on the album, Fearless? Ooh, like, would I swap it out? Yeah, would you swap it? Oh, my God, what a question. (gasps) I don't know. I don't. Oh, man. Oh, Morgan. (laughs) Did I stump you? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think so. It's really hard for me to think of one. Hmm. (laughs) Okay. I love the way I loved you, but maybe that one. So you do think that it has a place on the original album? Um, no, just if I were going to bump one, okay. then it might be that one just because it's like kind of also a toxic relationship. I don't know. This one is too, though, right? Yeah, see, I really, really love this song. And I can't figure out if it's because because she has a new producer. She has grown exponentially over these past 13 years and so we don't know what it would have sounded like if it was on the album originally right or if it's because i really didn't listen to fearless intensely or intently when it first came out and so i i lost a bit of that vibe but i think that this song could beat out a a few of the songs on fearless in my opinion like Mm -hmm. i i'm i'm really so what songs would those be for you i Honestly, I think that 
I feel like it kind of sounds like superstar. Yeah. And so, and I don't really like superstar. That's, but that's on the, um, yeah. edition of it. That's well, not so, on the original. Okay. So that's on the platinum edition. I don't know if it would go on the regular, on the original release. Right. I don't think so either. I think it could have been, it just like I'm saying, it doesn't feel like it fully fits no, for me. Like I agree. within it, that, within genre. Uh huh. Yeah. No, I agree. But I do think that it, it should have been on the platinum edition. Okay. That's fair. But we've got five more songs. Coming. I know. I know. So if you want to keep playing this game, it's going to get. It's going to get real tough. Treacherous. <laughs> you like that one? I'm going to keep making them. <laughs> oh, man. Okay. So what would you write this song? Um, no, you go first. I'm going to say five out of ten dollars in your pocket. You're really only giving it a five? I just feel like I kind of have to because there's other ones on the album that, I mean, I guess other songs could get the same rating and that's not, that's fine, right? But it just feels like compared to the other songs, I don't know, maybe it's because I don't, I haven't connected with this one as much, See, right? I'm, yeah, maybe. I'm giving this like an 8.5 Muddy Stones. Oh. Muddy Stones. Okay, 8.5. That's high. It is. I, I, this song really, I, I love you it. love it. I do. I think it's phenomenal. And I think it's simple, which I really like. You know, I didn't have to spend too long uh, deconstructing the lyrics. It was pretty face value. But it still was mature and like deep enough to to make you think every time you listen to it. Right. That was my favorite part of the song, just that it was shockingly mature for the time period in which she wrote it. And I hate that I just used Pebbles as my rating in the in the first one and then used <laughs> Stones. I will break out of my rocks. Okay, you really like rocks today. That's <laughs> fine. It's a theme for maybe the ep- yeah. this episode, right? Yeah. yeah, I don't know. Maybe It might just also be, like I said, I need to learn to love this one more because the other one's like, I think back to a fearless song, like you can say any of them. Um, and it's just a, such a strong connection, you know? And that's fair. And that's why I think it, I wonder if it's because I didn't have such a strong connection with the album when it was, was originally released. Mm. Yeah, that's understandable. All right. Well, that wraps it up for you all over me. Okay. So we're moving on into our theory section, which is called Tell Me Why. Of course it is, Erin. Uh-huh. And so on this one, I wanted to talk about um, a girl on TikTok who is, whose name is Drayton Preston. Um, and she has a video in which she talks about the number of words, the number of hearts, and the colors used in the Rolling Stone photo shoot that was after Lover release. Was it September two- 2019? Wow. What a Swifty we've got in the room. <laughs> That's impressive. All right, folks. <laughs> she talks about how the number of words and the number of hearts leads you to the release month. So that they correlate with the months that they're going to be released. Um, and so far, she seems to be on track. So go check out her video on TikTok. I don't use TikTok, so I had to use Aaron. <laughs> Yeah, see Morgan, the video? tell him to check out TikTok. I know, here I am. <laughs> Go check out TikTok. I had a theory about the AMA performance, and I feel like it's already been debunked. Go ahead. I still want to hear it. Okay, okay. So I was rewatching the AMA performance, because why wouldn't 
why wouldn't I be? And she starts with Fearless on the back, if you all remember that iconic jacket where she has all the album titles on her jacket and the girls come out and dance with her, which is representative of her uplifting young women. And when she turns, Fearless is across her back. Then she starts with Love Story is the first song that she sings, which is our first re-release, right? So once I thought about that, I thought, well, what if she was giving us a sneak preview of the re-release albums in the order they come in? So if that tracks, then the next one would be Red, because she goes on to I Knew You Were Trouble, and then she does Blank Space and Shake It Off. It would go Fearless, Red, 1989, um, and then I don't know what would be next. But but because of the wildest dreams. Yeah. Debunked. So do you want to talk about that if someone hasn't heard so, about it? So Taylor um, released on Instagram and Twitter a couple a couple days ago or a week ago. I, I'm losing track of time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that Spirit 2, the movie Spirit 2, and I can't remember what the like the blah what the other rest the of the title line. is yeah is playing wildest dreams in the trailer and it's her re-record of wildest dreams and so we all know that um like we talked about earlier love story was in the match commercial and so if we're following suit then she seemed to show us that 1989 was going to be next because wildest dreams is from 1989 mm-hmm. which was something that drayton preston from tiktok it also brought up was that Taylor had the right to deny people to use her old music, her original music, in movies and commercials and things like that. So by her doing the re-releases first and foremost in commercials and in advertisements and in movies, it's sort of like a slam yeah, to say, I'm taking back my music and I'm going to use it how I want. Which is pretty, pretty rocking. Yeah. And also just that... Um, trailer for that movie looked amazing i know i've never seen spirit one but now i'm wondering if my kids would like to watch sit down and watch that with me oh morgan has kids uh <laughs> whoa this is the first time we're ever hearing this on the podcast whoops <laughs> so exciting you got the exclusive here first episode 101 morgan does have children i do how many of those have you got morgan three. Oh wow um, we'll leave it there. <laughs> I want to talk about Swiftstagram, which is what I am cleverly calling Instagram. Swifties on Instagram. I know. I know. I'm eye rolling. <laughs> so Brooke had sent in her thoughts um, and her account is So You Call Me Up Again. I think she felt a little bit similar to we did as we did about Love Story. And she felt the song was a bit juvenile. Yeah, and that reflecting back on it, she realizes how it's a bit juvenile, but she still loves it because it's the classic and for all the success that it brought Taylor. But that when she sees and hears um, lyrics from newer music, she realizes how much further the lyrics and production have come. Which we, we do not disagree with you, Brooke. Yeah, we don't disagree with you, Brooke. And then Paula had also sent in her thoughts, and her account is guys, so swifty or you guys and she said that the new love story remix sounds like the 1989 tour version well as we've already stated i didn't see 1989 live so i can't comment 
True. So I thought that was an astute observation, though, and now I need to go back and watch it. And now I'm realizing that perhaps that makes more sense to put it in the section, we'll write your name, because we called out accounts and they're not really theories. No, I think you're probably right. So we will get that on track in episode 102. That's right. Episode 102. We hope you'll be there with us. So moving on into Taylor trivia, is there any trivia that you have? I guess I'll just stick to the to the theme from our intro and say that Fearless debuted on number one Billboard Top 200. So the week it released, it was number one, which is pretty amazing for a second album um, by such a young, mm-hmm. uh, young female. And it was the longest reign on Billboard 200 of the whole 2000s decade. Wow. Yep. Oh, I didn't know that. Yep. You Taylor triviaed me. Well, there you I go. I had no idea. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She just keeps impressing me. Oh, wow. Okay. Well, thank you for that, Morgan. Of course. We'll move on to plugs, which is where we plug our account or other things, which we are calling We'll Write Your Name. So you can rate and review our podcast. We would love it if you would do that. Um, that'll help us out a lot. If you just go to your podcast page on Apple, um, and we might read your review if it's something, I don't know, remarkable or funny, you know, putting a challenge out there for you. And then um, you can follow us on Instagram and TikTok at Swifterhood Podcast. And we would love for you to send us any theories, questions, or thoughts about future songs on the Fearless album so that we can talk about them in the We'll Write Your Name section. You can also send those thoughts into swifterhoodpodcast at gmail.com. So get a writing. And then once again, you'll see link below if you want to check out Amy Puller's Smart Girls website and if you would like to donate to Stomp Out Bullying. I had a lovely time chatting with you about Love Story and you all over me, Erin. Thank you. You know, this is our first official episode, but this is not our first chat. Taylor Swift chat. So it felt pretty natural and I'm proud of us. Me too. Look at us out here making a podcast. And I'm really excited to keep going. Me too. I'm looking forward to it. Thank you all. Bye. Bye.